Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we are joined by a true warrior in the realm of mental well-being. So I'm talking about Heather Lilko. So welcome to the show Heather. Well, thank you so much for having me Avik. I'm so excited to be here to have this conversation with you and the listeners. Great, that's great. So but Heather like before we start our conversation today and delving deep into this topic, I'd love to mention this to all of our listeners that Heather is not just a holistic nutritionist, but a beacon of hope and the guidance for those who are grappling with the anxiety, especially like high achievers, overthinkers, and also the people pleasers. And also you can say it's a perfectionist. So featured on iHeart and Zoomer Radio, and also been recognized by the National Post and Tiny Buddha, so heather was dedicated her journey to unraveling the complexities of the anxiety and also crafting holistic approach to conquer it so with a background as a yoga and the meditation teacher she understands that true wellness is a tapestry woven from the threads of the mindset and also the nutrition and the movement so if i talk about like she is the anxiety warrior that struggled for years with the mental health and also she went on a journey to figure out what works and how to heal the roots of the anxiety so for that i believe we should actually applause for that so it's it's a move <laughs> i would say so and also she brings a three pillar system to the forefront like addressing the thoughts we think the food we eat and the way we move our bodies so her mission is very very clear like to assist others in assembling the puzzle pieces of the mental well-being in a manageable way like free from overwhelm so as the creator of the anxiety support cultivating calm i guess it's correct right that's correct cultivating calm mhm Yeah so she has empowered hundreds of women to break free from anxiety and the self doubt so today she shares not only her expertise but also her lived i mean experience of the mental illness and eluding the comp- uh, i mean compassion into her work because she knows firsthand that living with anxiety can be challenging So if you are ready to explore the holistic path to conquering the anxiety and embracing a healthier mind and a life stay tuned so Heather is here to guide us through the transformative journey from 
anxiety warrior to empowered well-being. So welcome to the show again. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for that kind introduction. It's so funny, like, you know, hearing some of the accomplishments and things. I'm like, that's me? Wow. <laughs> but thank you so much for that introduction. You're welcome. So to start with, like, like you have, I mean, you have also described, I have read your bio, like as an anxiety warrior. So who struggled for years with the mental health. So if you can also share a bit more about your personal journey, like how that led you to develop this three-pillar system. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to to share a bit about my journey. So again, thank you for that lovely introduction. I am a holistic nutritionist and a yoga and meditation teacher. And I started working in this area because I wanted to help people manage anxiety naturally. And it was through my own experience that inspired me to do this. So growing up, I was always kind of a nervous kid. My mom used to say that I had a capital W on my forehead for worry. And I was sensitive, any type of criticism, and I would be in tears. And I was a perfectionist. So I had to get top marks or I felt like a complete failure. And I was an overthinker. And it would come out in kind of random ways. Like growing up, I was a figure skater. And I remember one night before a big competition, I couldn't sleep because my mind was just going through all the what ifs. Like, what if I fall tomorrow? What if I disappoint my coaches and my parents? And you know, all of that worry and self-doubt, it followed me through to university where the pressure just became too much and I started to have panic attacks. And the first one I ever experienced, I was at a crowded party and my heart started to beat fast. My palms got sweaty. My vision started to tunnel and I felt this overwhelming sense of dread take over. And so I locked myself in the bathroom and I remember just sliding down the wall, waiting for it to pass. And so I started living in fear of like, when was I going to get the next panic attack? What was it going to interrupt me during? And so something needed to change. I was so overwhelmed. I was so on edge. So I went to my doctor and I said, listen, I'm having a lot of anxiety. What can, what can we do about it? And she whipped out a prescription pad and she started writing me a prescription for anti-anxiety meds. And I said, well, let's just pause for a second. I want to see if I can manage it naturally first. And so that's really what led me down this journey is I started by changing my diet. I added in some anti-anxiety nutrients and I started to feel a little calmer. But I still felt like my nervous system was so amped up all the time. So I tried yoga and I felt a little bit more calm. But I had all of these thoughts in my head, all of these, you know, swirling, spiraling type of thoughts. And so this is when I tried meditation. And that was like the last piece of the puzzle for me. And so that's what I share with others now is this holistic and natural way to manage anxiety through the power of meditation, nutrition, and yoga. Lovely. That's that's really lovely, I'd say. So overthinking can always manifest in various aspects of our lives, like from trivial decisions to the significant ones. So what, in your experience, is the root cause of overthinking? And why is it so, so crucial to address it? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good question. If we're going to talk about the root of overthinking, I think we got to talk about limiting beliefs because the limiting beliefs are causing overthinking as a way to cope. So we all have these limiting beliefs about ourselves. These are our subconscious beliefs and they develop as we're growing up. It's really like the messages we get about the world and the messages we get about ourselves. And they're kind of like scripts that you're running through your mind. And unless you were unconditionally loved 100% of the time, the most common types of limiting beliefs I see are that I'm not good enough. 
I can't make mistakes. That's for my perfectionists out there. Uh, People will judge me or people are going to leave or abandon me. And so having those types of beliefs feels very dangerous to your survival, right? And so that's why the overthinking is happening because the brain is trying to prepare for the worst possible outcome. If you were going to be left or abandoned by your tribe, oh my gosh, that would be so dangerous to your survival, right? So it's your job's brain to think and to help you survive. So let's use a concrete example. Let's say, you know, you're at work and your boss emails you and says, can we talk? What's the reaction? Probably like panic spiral, right? Like, oh my gosh, I've done something wrong. Why does my boss want to talk to me? I'm going to get fired. Then I can't support my family. And what if I lose the house? And what if all my friends leave me? It's sort of this, you know, zero to a hundred kind of experience that happens so fast. And we have no actual evidence that that's how it's going to play out, right? But the mind is running through this script, this limiting belief of, you know, I'm I'm not good enough. And so it's kind of like this mental filter that we run everything through. And so what I say is that it's not about the situation itself. It's never about the situation. It's about what is this activating for you? Because if we can find the root of what's being activated with this increased level of awareness and mindfulness, then we can reprogram what how your neural pathways are firing. We can reprogram them and change that old story. We can change those limiting beliefs so that you do feel like you're good enough. You do feel like you're lovable and you're worthy. Because that person who gets emailed by their boss is like, ooh, maybe I'm getting a promotion, right? If we have that type of mental filter, then our behavior is very different. Because otherwise, anytime your boss emails you, you're going to have the same reaction because you're not addressing the root, which is that it's activating some type of limiting belief for you and then causing you to behave in a certain way. Exactly. Exactly true. So the three pillar system to conquer the anxiety through the mindset, nutrition, and the movement, how each pillar contributes managing the anxiety naturally. Yeah. So let's talk about that, that three pillar system. So as you said, it's mindset, nutrition, and movement. So mindset, it's really about the thoughts that you think, right? It's learning to relate to anxious thoughts differently so that they aren't as intense, right? We don't get as identified with them because so often after a high anxiety period, people will say, that was such a waste. Like, why did I waste that time worrying? Like everything is fine, right? It it all turned out okay. But Every time we go through that same type of reaction, that same sequence, panic. So it's first addressing the thoughts that you think. And we can do this through meditation, through gratitude, through journaling. And then it's the nutrition pillar. So it's about the foods that you eat because no amount of mindset work will help you if you don't have the building blocks that you need to feel calm, right? If you don't have the right balance of neurotransmitters, the right minerals and vitamins in your body, then you're simply not going to feel calm and relaxed because your body can't function as it was meant to. And then that last pillar is movement. So it's the way that you move your body and leaning into nervous system regulating practices that help bring you back into balance. So the lower intensity type of movements, yoga, Pilates, bar, walking, these can all help manage anxiety. Got it. Understood. So like, as as you mentioned about the mindset, uh, nutrition, and the movement, mindset definitely plays a crucial role in managing the anxiety. But also, in the same time, how an individual can shift their mindset to break free from uh, the what ifs 
and stop wasting the energy on the uncertainties how can we do yeah so we can get practical here about you know what what we can how we can actually shift so first let me say that I think we have to relate to anxiety a little bit differently, right? Like a lot of people, the goal is that let's totally annihilate it, right? Anxiety. And as someone who has experienced massive amounts of anxiety in their life, I can I can attest to the fact that it is so uncomfortable to feel, right? Because it's that pit of dread in your stomach. It's your heart beating fast. It's affecting your digestion. It's affecting your ability to be in the moment and truly enjoy what's going on. And so the issue is that because we don't want to feel those uncomfortable sensations and emotions, we stop doing things that could lead to us feeling anxious, right? So we don't go to the concert. We don't invite people over to our place. We don't apply for that promotion or, you know, we procrastinate our time away so that we don't have to fail. But the issue is then our box of comfortable activities that doesn't spike anxiety, that box gets smaller and smaller until we're living such a small life. And so this is where these pillars come in to help us be able to kind of push through that discomfort. So under mindset, I think meditation is such a key piece of that. And I'll I'll share a concrete tip that everyone can try out in just like a minute or less. But let me first say that when I first started meditating, I hated it. And I thought, you want me to sit here with my thoughts, my million thoughts per minute, And I was under the impression that when we were to meditate, we were supposed to clear our mind, like have zero thoughts, just empty your mind of thoughts. And so I would sit there during a meditation session and I would go, okay, don't think, don't think now. Okay. You're thinking Heather. Okay. Don't think clear it now. And it was such an uncomfortable experience and frustrating. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing this wrong. So what I've learned is that it's meditation is not about trying to clear your mind. It's trying to get a bit of separation from your thoughts. So we can play kind of like an observer, a scientist, if you will, to our thoughts and emotions, right? Like what's coming up? And in this way, we can address the root of some of what we just talked about, the limiting beliefs, because we can sit with like, what's being activated for me right now, right? Like I'm, you know, going to go to that concert or I'm going to meet up with friends, but I'm feeling anxious. Like what's going on right now? Ooh, I'm feeling a fear of judgment. That's what's coming up and then address it. So I recommend typically doing about 10 minutes of guided meditation every day. There's loads of evidence that meditation can actually change your brain, right? It can reduce amygdala activation and amygdala is like your main stress center of your brain. So consistent meditation uh, meditation is key, but let me introduce a technique that maybe people haven't tried before. And I call it the pause three. So the pause three is anytime you have a natural pause point in your day, you're going to take three deep breaths. So between meetings, when you start your day, right like right before you get out of bed in the morning, that's a natural transition point, a pause. Maybe when you finish your work day, kind of low brow, but like when you're sitting on the toilet, that can be a chance for a pause three. So you inhale through the nose and you exhale out the mouth. And you do that three times, breathing down into the belly. Really simple because the goal here is if we start simple, then we can start to build consistency. And once we build consistency with a meditative technique, then we can start to build duration and the habit gets actually put in place. Understood. Understood. So also the nutrition is very, very important, which we often overlook. I mean, so how, how does the food we eat impact the anxiety? So what do you say? Yeah, it's it's so key and it's such an 
it's such an underfocused area. Like not, not a lot of people make the connection between the food that they eat and how they feel. And I've had so many clients after we make tweaks to their diet and we add in some of these anti-anxiety foods, and I'll share some with our listeners, that after they make those tweaks, they said, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize you know, how my diet before was affecting my mood until I started incorporating these specific foods. And now I see like, yeah, I feel a lot calmer. I feel you know, less drained. I feel uh, more energized. So let's go through a couple of calming foods that people can work in really easily. So one of the best ones for anxiety, and I'm going to give sort of like classifications of foods. One of the best ones is seeds. So seeds like pumpkin seeds, hemp, chia, flax, sunflower, and they're great for anxiety because they're rich in magnesium. So that's one of our calming minerals. It helps make GABA in our body. GABA is like our brain's relaxing neurotransmitter. Uh, And they're also rich in zinc as well, a great mineral for mood. And seeds are pretty easy to work in. You know, you can have a handful here or there. You could put it into smoothies. When I do my morning smoothie, I mix uh, flax in there. Uh, You can add seeds to oatmeal. You can top salads with them. You can make salad dressing with hemp seeds. And you're trying to get about a couple tablespoons a day. I usually suggest two tablespoons a day of seeds. So that's like my number one when it comes to anxiety. But let's talk about a, a couple more too. Leafy greens are also incredible for anxiety. They're rich in folate and this is great for mood. So when I say leafy greens, I mean like the deep, rich colored ones. So kale, Swiss chard, arugula, spinach. These are all fantastic. Again, you can be doing like a salad with them or you could top your pizza with arugula. You can put them into smoothies. When I do that morning smoothie, there's a whole handful of spinach going in there because not a lot of people work in greens at breakfast. So it's such an opportunity to get them in there. And you're aiming for about two cups a day of leafies. So it does require a bit of forethought, I would say. But if you do like a side salad at dinner or lunch with leafy greens, boom, you've got it for the day. There's also another one that I I think is overlooked for folks is that working in fermented foods and how important that is. So fermented foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, yogurt, these all contain live bacteria, all right? And so that provides live bacteria for the body. And in your gut, you have a couple kilograms worth of bacteria. There's like a hundred trillion bacteria in there. And they do a lot of different things. They balance your blood sugar, which can relate to mood. They make a lot of your immune system, but these bacteria can also help make your neurotransmitters. And so this can help us feel calm and happy and good. And the bacteria in the gut can communicate with the brain. They can do it through nerve connections, through hormonal connections, through the blood. But basically your gut is like your second brain. And so consuming fermented foods, I recommend two different ones each day. That's gonna provide this solid foundation in the gut to support mood. So those are a couple of foods that people can work in. Let me mention one herb as well. One of my top supplements that I recommend, I take it myself, is ashwagandha. And ashwagandha is sometimes called Indian ginseng, very popular supplement. And it has actual research evidence behind it that it can help lower cortisol. So the main stress hormone in the body, and it helps with insomnia as well. So, you know, when we're in bed overthinking like every embarrassing thing we've ever done. And you know, that thing from like fifth grade that, oh my gosh, why did I say that to the teacher when we're stuck in that kind of loop and we can't sleep? So common for anxiety. Ashwagandha is is such a great option for that. Lovely. So like, like for the cultivating the calm, like as the creator of anxiety support app, 
if you can share like how technology can be the tool for the mental well-being oh it's such a good question yeah i think when it comes to anxiety what i've seen from people is that it's very overwhelming to th- think about like how do i even start to manage this like i you know i i'm reading about certain things but how do i know what's evidence based and how do i know what to rely on and how do i get these habits in place because it just feels like such a big hill to climb right like what are the pieces that are going to help and how do i get them in consistently and i think that's where we can leverage technology something like an app is to have small practices that you do throughout the day, right? Like it doesn't have to be an hour long workout. It could be a 10 minute yoga video that you take. It doesn't need to be even 10 minutes of meditation if you don't have time. It's for example, on the app, I have three minute practice for overwhelm and dread. So we can do these like small little practices throughout the day because then we get the win from it, right? Like it feels so satisfying as humans to be able to check something off and say, yep, I did it. I've, you know, I've, I've got that win in the day. And then that's what keeps us motivated and, and keep going. So I think that's where we can leverage technology is by having some accountability built in, right? If we're able to hit complete on something on a course that we're taking or, you know, a specific practice, then we get that little hit of dopamine that makes us go, oh yeah, that, was good. I want to I want to keep doing that. And then also having something that's like convenient and easy and on the go. I think that's a key feature for people when they're thinking about anxiety because t- if it's not right there in front of us, like anxiety doesn't care about what's convenient for you, right? It's going to pop up at any time. So to have something like right in your pocket when, you know, you're about to enter into a big meeting and you need that that calm down, having it right there at your fingertips, I think that's a key part too. Wow, that's lovely. So, I'm going to ask you one more thing, like, which maybe, which I also found very common, like the misconceptions. So, any common misconceptions about the anxiety, like, like, how do you address this in your work to provide a more accurate understanding? What can you maybe give me an example of like what a misconception might be about anxiety? Yeah. Sorry. Can you give me an example of like what's a misconception about anxiety that that you've heard maybe? So anxiety anxiety can happen through anything but people always have some misconceptions like in their thought process maybe like as you mentioned about the limiting beliefs as well or maybe sometimes due to social pressure as well. So it could be of anything any scenario. So I'm just just trying to understand like any is there any common misconceptions which is or i mean is there or it's all our thinking faults or all our limiting beliefs yeah okay let's tease that apart a little bit i think with if we're talking about common misconceptions i think yeah. i think it does come down to the limiting beliefs because there is this i guess misconception that so many of us have for for example like the people pleasers okay we ha- people pleasers have this common misconception that they have to say yes to people to feel worthy right so if i don't say yes to driving my friend to the airport to baking a cake for this person's birthday to sh- to showing up to this social gathering if i don't say yes to that then I'm going to be out of the group, right? I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going to be isolated alone. I'm going to be left. I'm not worthy. 
And it's those types of patterns that can come up that will then inform our decisions, right? Okay, so then I'm going to say yes to taking the friend to the airport, to baking the cake, to going to the party. And what that means is then I'm sort of betraying myself in a way because I don't want to say yes, but I feel like I have to because of this script that I'm running that I'm running in my mind. And then the result is that we get exhausted. We get burnt out because we're continually saying no when we want to say yes or saying yes when we want to say no. And the result is that it's just too much for us to handle. We get, you know, we get exhausted. Our hormones get out of balance. We get completely burnt out and then aren't able to prioritize our self-care at that point. And I think that's where a lot of people hit that point where they're like, something's got to change. Like I can't, I can't live the rest of my life like this. And that's certainly the point that I got to where I was like, I'm so overwhelmed and I'm so on edge all the time. And I'm not going after what I want that like something, something's got to change. And so a lot of us need to need to kind of get to that point to have the real fire under us, I guess, to be able to put in the work to actually see the changes. Yeah, understood. So before we wrap up, like for the listeners who may be struggling with the anxiety, what words of wisdom or maybe the actionable steps you want to share so that they can start their journey towards conquering anxiety naturally? I would let people know that anxiety doesn't have to be a life sentence that, uh, and and I think I thought that before that, you know, I was always going to have anxiety and I was always going to feel not good enough and be doubting myself and holding myself back from what I really wanted. But what I've seen, you know, using this, this method with people is that one of my clients the other day just told me, you know, I no longer identify as an anxious person. Like I would always say it like it was part of my personality, right? Like I'm just an anxious person. I think that's even a first step that we could start to think about is switching that identity, right? Like who are you without the anxiety? So if you stopped calling it my anxiety, right? Or, or saying things like, I'm just an anxious person. What if you identified it more as like, it's an emotion. It's an emotion that I feel at this point frequently, and I don't want to feel it but that it is possible to change, right? We need to have that that door creak open a little bit to see that it's possible. It's possible to have a life that all your decisions aren't ruled by anxiety. So I want to let people know that that is absolutely possible to, to have. It involves getting to the root of some of this, of what's going on and putting those practices into place. But first to have that identity shift that it, it is possible. It's absolutely possible. Okay. Okay. We got it. Great. So thank you so much, Heather. Like uh, your journey from anxiety warrior to compassionate guide is truly, truly inspiring. And your three pillar system addressing the mindset, nutrition, and the movement really provides a holistic approach that resonates with our quests for a healthy mind and the life. And uh, for the listeners, I would love to mention that if if you have found this conversation enlightening and empowering, so Heather's insight on mindset, transformation, holistic nutrition, and also mindful movement offer practical steps to break free from the clutches of the anxiety. So always remember that you have the power to define your relationships with the anxiety and cultivate a sense of calm within. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback fills our mission to bring you the conversations that contribute to your overall well-being. 
but before we leave i would love to uh, ask heather like the the journey which you have mentioned and you are continuing is really really great but if people want to connect with you and want to understand lot more in detail so how they can connect with you if you can share Yeah, happy to share. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Avik, for having me on. It was such a great conversation and great to connect with you and our listeners. So again, for those listening, my name is Heather Lilico, and you can come hang out with me in my community, Cultivating Calm. So if you're someone who wakes up in the morning with a pit of dread in your stomach because you have an endless to-do list, or if you find yourself continually distracted throughout the day, procrastinating, worrying about the what-ifs, or if you don't know how to relax without feeling guilty, then you can download the Cultivating Calm app. So Cultivating Calm teaches you the habits that you need to feel confident, to stay present and truly enjoy your day, and to know that you deserve to relax. So Cultivating Calm is all about holistic anxiety support, all in one place. It's easy, it's convenient, on the go. And it puts all of those pieces of the puzzle that we were talking about today, it puts them all together to get to the real root of it. Because I'm showing you in this app the exact formula I used to manage anxiety so that it's not overwhelming about about where to start. And if you download the Cultivating Calm app, you can start a free 14-day trial and make mental space for what really matters. And I'll mention as well that I know anxiety can feel lonely and scary and isolating. So I'm also offering our listeners a free 30-minute one-on-one strategy session with me for the first 50 members of Cultivating Calm because I want to ga- give you a game plan for anxiety. So you're going to walk away from that one-on-one session with me with three concrete changes you can put into practice right away. So once you start your free trial of the Cultivating Calm app, then you'll be able to set up that one-on-one visit with me. And again, thank you so much for having me on today. That's really lovely. And I am really, really hopeful and I believe definitely that people want to definitely get benefit from this and i'll also encourage all of you please go and download the app have a look i believe definitely you will get a lot of extra support and that trust uh, you can get that and definitely so you should always try so thank you and stay tuned for more episodes of healthy mind and healthy life where we continue to explore the transformative stories and the expert insights So until next time be kind to yourself embrace the journey and take those intentional steps towards a healthier and more vibrant life so thank you so much thanks